0: Welcome to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Grabeal, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Now, here's John.
1: I'm in a good mood tonight. You caught me in a good mood tonight, John Grabeal. Well, welcome, producer Mark McFarlane, to the Autobahn Country Club Podcast. Thanks for joining us here on July 13th, the week before Festival of Speed. Festival of Speed, that's right, at the Audubon Country Club. Thanks. It's been a couple weeks since we've had you on. but uh, um, I've been uh, missed, I know. Very missed. I'm doing this uh, intro here from uh, uh, the Wyndham Hotel. Thank you, for, uh, uh, Internet from Wyndham Hotel in uh, San Diego, California, looking out at the um, – all the boats that are out here, which is pretty cool. Awesome place. Just right down the road from the, uh, Midway aircraft carrier. And, uh, you, uh, are in the home studio, uh,
0: sitting next to the home studio, actually sitting the wife this. doesn't let me in the studio.
1: She knows better than to allow <laughs> me into that studio. Well, we have a fantastic interview, uh, coming up today. Uh, Brett, what do we got, uh, John Graybiel? Brett Harper, Brett Harper, the uh, assistant uh, uh, manager at the CART at Circuit of uh, Circuit of uh, Audubon, cir- CART Circuit Audubon. Um, yeah, that's a tongue twister. Uh, he's going to join us. Uh, fantastic guy, and I'm a huge fan of him, uh, uh, of everything that he's doing down at the CART track. Um, we've already spoke with the um, director down there, Alan Bertignoli. Uh, we had an interview here with him when he joined the, um, the team here a few years ago, and now uh, Brett's his right-hand man, shall we say, and uh, so it's a great interview, um, but before we go to that interview and we learn about Brett and his background and the many, many hats that he wears at the club, we wanted to touch a little bit on the exciting events that are going to take place at Festival of Speed July 16th through 18th at the Audubon Country Club. Yes, lots of things are happening. Oh my gosh, it's incredible! Yeah,
0: it's a packed full week of
1: big engines,
0: lots of things moving. Saturday is just jam packed with stuff. Can I just drop my my, my information? Saturday is just just way jam packed. I mean, well, there's there's three days. There's three days of, of right. Of racing. So Friday. What do we got Friday? We got what? Chase well, race.
1: Chase race. You know, uh, um, uh, there's a member of the Graybill Racing Team who uh, uh, she is uh, leading the points. I'm, uh, I, I shouldn't say she, I'm, she's up at the top of the points. I'm not sure exactly if she's leading or not, but she's up at the top of the points for the uh, uh, sportsman chase race division. Uh, so we're looking nice. forward to getting her. Uh, that's uh, um, Mrs. Graybill, uh, Heidi Graybill, out on the track Friday night to uh, submit and submit submit, sub, cement 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 another win, cement yes cement like the cement pond cement another that's right, um, uh, to cement another win uh, in the novice chase race. So there's the pro chase race, excuse me, former novice now known as sportsman. Uh, the pro chase race and the sportsman chase race, two different divisions that will be Friday night. So yeah, that's going to be fantastic. And then, yeah, Saturday,
0: you can't leave Friday yet. Can I oh, no. leave Friday? Cause we oh, got no. chef Peggy, chef Peggy pulling up a menu. You know, we've got like some Nashville hot wings. We've got Asian glazed short ribs. We got shrimp and grits. So, you know, we just can't leave after the race. You got to stay.
1: Oh yeah, well, well, come on! I mean, (laughs) drinks, uh, unbelievable dinner. Yeah, the 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 buffet dinner. Yeah, grab your wristbands and uh, at the front when you check in, and you get two drinks. They're included. Uh, That's pretty good. That's a pretty good deal. Thumbs up on that. So then we hit Saturday. Oh yeah.
0: So after your tummy's full, you get a good night's sleep. You wake up the next morning, boom, out at the track, and we've got. Miatas, GTs, Radical Wings and Things. We've got a, uh, and I think that's it for the, those
1: three. We've got all those on the full track. Correct? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Plus, don't forget the, um, uh, uh oh yeah, that's coming up Sunday is it the uh, vintage car thing Was on Sunday. Right. Uh, I was getting ahead of myself. Yeah, so racing, massive racing, you know, Graveville Racing will be out there again on Saturday in the Miata. Um, uh, yeah, it's all I can do to keep up with these racers that are on the team. Yeah. Um, and then uh, a dinner Saturday night again,
0: right? Yes, and then dinner on Saturday night. Some of the things that I was looking at eating, <laughs> because <laughs> you know, you got a plan. Uh, the horseradish crusted prime prime rib sounds oh phenomenal. Oh wild no, and a little really? wild mushroom papadella. Little, you know, hey, and the crab stuffed parmesan crusted uh, tilapia. Can't go wrong there either. So that's what uh, Chef Peggy's throwing at us on uh, Friday and Saturday. I haven't got her Sunday brunch menu yet. She has not emailed me that, so I haven't approved of that yet. So uh,
2: more to come.
1: <laughs> um, yeah. So Sunday, about another cart race um, just happened last week in the in the rain. And kudos to uh, to your team winning the senior division there. Your your son uh, uh, did a fantastic job leading the pack there, didn't he?
0: Yeah. He he. He did, you know, as we've known in the past. He 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 enjoys when it's wet. He likes wet. Yep, yep. He likes it when it's wet, and he took full advantage of while it's wet. He he did a he put on a little bit of a driving show, and as a as a father, I'm going to take my pro. I get this moment to stand up here as you've done before, and many fathers will do after me. Proud father moment. He just really showed such maturity out on the racetrack Mike Gritter came up to me and he goes and Kyle both said how much maturity he showed passing at the right times not risking spinning out the cart so and then the best line was Kyle gets up at the end of the race and you know after the award ceremony and he was like all right next week at Festival of Speed we're doing you know the standard format but it's a long format and Spencer looks at me and goes, what's the long format? And Kyle comes up and goes, we're going to do a lot more laps. And Spencer goes, if you're going to miss a race, this is the race to miss.
1: Oh, come on. Because he's,
0: he's in theater, as and, as you may have known. And he unfortunately won't be at that race. And he, he, he goes, you know, after 20 laps, you get really tired. Yeah, your hands <laughs> start shaking. Yeah, they
1: shake the rest of the day. Yeah. Um, so he goes. If you're gonna miss a
0: race, this is the one to miss because you won't be. you be tired. So, and he's uh and he's creeping up on a uh, little Mitchell Graybeal there. Uh, I was looking at the points, and uh, I think Mitch has got 290 points, and uh, Spencer's got 265.
2: Oh,
1: geez. Well, he better uh, get to get back there. We missed that race. Uh, uh, he missed that race. My daughter was out there racing. Uh, she did a great job too. In, in she really did. So, uh, Yeah, we got to the Graybill Racing Team. will be Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday for the kart race. Uh, Both of my racers will be in that kart race. And then, of course, the uh, Vintage Car Show. I always love that. Hey, let's just go real quick back to
0: the kart race. I know there's a lot of people that listen to this podcast that have two cycle karts or karts that might not be Ignite, quote-unquote, karts. We do have an open series. Where they can bring their right. carts,
1: yeah. and it's a yeah. chase
0: race format, and would love love to have all different types of carts out there, especially on the Festival of Speed. It's a blast. You guys will have a great time, and I would just love to see a huge showing of all different types of go karts uh, for the chase race and the, or the quote unquote open class.
1: And right. So, so yeah, that um, my wife and I, w- when we did that last year, we just raced our night carts. So yeah, if you have a night cart, just come out, just try the racing, try the racing. Um, uh, you know, hang out with us, uh, paddock with us. Uh, if you haven't a cart that hasn't been racing uh, for a while, you know, bring it in Mike, the new mechanic there. Hopefully we'll have on the podcast sometime here. Uh, he'll get that all dusted off and get that tuned up and ready to go. Brett of course can help get some training uh, who's going to be here uh, here coming up in the podcast? So yeah, if you haven't been out to the kart track this year, it's a perfect opportunity to come out, bring your carts out, get them tuned up if they need be, uh, put them on the track, try the the, the chase race whether you have a, a two cycle or a, a ignite cart or or anything, to get out there. It's a very very fair format. All you have to do is drive the same speed. So uh, if you don't know about the chase race format, go back and look at some of the old podcasts and we talk about that. Uh, it's how consistent you are, not necessarily how fast you go. And so it's a very, very even playing field for whether you have a, you know, the fastest cart in the world or the slowest cart in the world.
0: Which is usually my cart, the slowest. Well, kart. you
1: can have the fastest cart in the world and the slowest driver. That would be me. Too, right? so, <laughs> um, I guess, I guess that is a possibility. So um, thanks Mark for joining on here. At- oh, I love everybody it. out at a festival of speed this weekend. It's going to be fantastic. The weather looks wonderful. Uh, see us, uh, uh email us at podcast at auduboncc.com or see us at the car track or at the chase race or, um, just knock on your trailer at the matter race. At the matter race, uh, yeah, we'll be in the you trailer. Can just we'll knock on a, your trailer, right John. Yeah, and say, Hey, what's up? What's up? <laughs> yeah,
0: we'd love, John would love to have someone knock in his trailer with a six pack of beer and say, Hey, let's sit down and talk. And John will turn on the recorder, and maybe you too can become
1: part of the podcast. I love it. I love it. And now let's welcome Brett Harper on the
2: Audubon Country Club podcast.
3: So my name is uh, Brett Harper. I'm the assistant general manager for Cart Circuit Audubon and the Cart Track at Audubon
2: Country Club. That was thanks, Brett. That's that's awesome. Your patience uh, allowing us to to get together is. Uh, immense so thank you for thank you for that we, we're we both Still juggling a problem. A, a, we're both juggling a lot and um you know we've talked about having you on the show for some time so welcome to the audubon country club podcast
3: no i i appreciate that very much and yeah i think uh, we're, we're definitely two busy guys and um but i think we both wanted to make this happen uh, very much so so i think that uh, we're definitely there and and things are good for sure so thank you very much
2: uh, Brett, you are as um, really a, a staple, a foundation at the cart track, and we, as I wrote a little intro in preparing for the show. I mean, your 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 um, you're exuberance for what we do at the cart track and what we do all at the Audubon it touches so many aspects of of everything, and I don't think we can really just say you are. Uh, you know, the the manager, you're the mechanic, you're the coach, you're the uh, cheerleader, you're, uh, uh, you know, you're the promotions department. I don't know if we can really uh, put you in one of those categories because you are all those things and many other things also.
3: Well, I I certainly appreciate that. And I, um, you know, I I think a, a lot of what I'm able to do down here at the car track has to do um with the team that I'm a part of and also the community the communities that I'm a part of. So um ever since day one here at Audubon, it's been like a, a huge backing from, you know, upper management, um, the management level, all the way down to our, our hourly workers and then, you know, obviously having the, the backing of our members is hugely important. So, you know, I, I would say that I'm I'm able to do what I do here um, just because of the great community that has been established at Audubon Country Club and is continuing to evolve. So, you know, I, I look back to Saturday night when we ran the Drive for one thirty five, which was a great charity event um for DuPad, uh DuPage had homelessness. Um and you know, I we we had some issues with the beginning of that event with huge monsoon it seems like uh blowing through Joliet and the huge um I guess the ability for us to put that event on really had a lot to do with uh, members stepping up and helping out to dry the track, our staff helping uh to dry the, dry the track. And, and um, pretty much just the, the whole team coming together to put that event off. So, um, you know, I, I, I definitely uh, would like to thank you, John, for, for helping to dry the track. I know you were out there on our uh, little motorized leaf blower thing drying off the track, but I, I think it's, it's little things like that, you know, that, um, really bring the whole place together to allow for these events to go off. You know, with maybe a slight hitch at the beginning, but then the show must go on. So, um, really, I you know, I, I thank you. I thank um, people like Tony Weir. I thank you know all our members um, because without without guys like you, um, without our upper management, I definitely would be um, you know kind of kind of lost around here. So I, I think it's really a, a huge, huge uh team effort that brings everything together and I've, you know I've been a part of many many teams um, all throughout my life and I gotta say that this is definitely one of my favorites and I you know I've, I've seen again just a lot of different uh, things happen and our ability to come together and set aside our differences and just to, to make it happen and the show must go on that type of thing um, so it's, it's really really incredible the community that we have so um, that that's that's what I would say on on that front. Um, I'm I'm
2: really just happy to be a part of Alton Country Club. Yeah yeah r- real quick I mean about any guy likes running a piece of machinery that you can see the results instantaneously. You know why do we like using a a chainsaw is because you see your results right mm-hmm. there and that was the first time I got to run one of those. <laughs> little powered leaf blowers or whatever, you know, uh, Tony, Weir was running it and I said, Hey, I got this. And I could see, you know, the results of me blowing the water off the track. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool.
3: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know, and I I don't think that if if we wouldn't have had people like you, people like Tony who were willing to step out onto the track and and make a difference and say, Hey, well, you know what? I don't work here, but we've got to all come together and, and make this thing go off. So, you know, that, that was, um, Really, really, I can't thank you enough. I can't thank Tony enough for for helping out on uh, Saturday night with us with us driving off the track and I think we we learned that maybe that little road runner leaf blower um is is quite a formidable force out there pulling the water off the track,
2: <laughs> yeah, and quite, quite an event hundred and seventy five thousand dollars were raised over the course of four hours for a an enduro that's just insane. I remember the first time that I saw it there, and I said this multiple times it raised over a hundred thousand dollars and it was like somebody hit me with a two by four I said those people did what and how long that's insanely incredible um so yeah joel weinberger who was on the show a couple weeks ago that uh who who heads that up unbelievable um yeah and and tammy weir uh remember the track there who's on the board of directors uh she's just you know what what those guys do there can't can't say enough about that but uh back to back to you brett where uh where exactly did you grow up
3: Well, I grew up in uh, Lake Zurich, Illinois, uh, northwest suburb of Chicago, Uh, born and raised. And actually, uh, I think many of our listeners might still know that I'm uh, still residing in Lake Zurich. Um, I really, really enjoy the northwest suburbs quite a bit. A little bit different from uh, the Joliet area, but it's good to have variety um, and things like that. Um, You know, my my big background um, in Lake Zurich was soccer and uh, really athletics. Um, on the whole, but certainly soccer. Uh, a little bit of wrestling in middle school and high school. A little bit of baseball here and there, things like that. But um, I was a big uh, footballer, and when I say footballer, I mean soccer player.
2: <laughs> and so, how long is how long is your drive to get to get uh, home and down in the morning? It's quite a bit of drive, isn't
3: it? Uh, well. Uh, 355 and I are definitely pretty close, Um, so it it usually takes right around an hour um, to to come on down in the morning, and then, you know, depending on rush hour and things like that, maybe a little bit longer at at night, but, you know, the the drive is really something that I've gotten quite used to um, and really enjoy quite a bit. I'm not the biggest morning person, so it really helps me to kind of wake up um, and sort of think about the day on, on my ride down. And then, you know, kind of the the same on the way back, if it helps me to sort of be reflective, um, and, and go over the whole day, um, you know, sort of in my mind, think about what could be better, what could, what, what, what was good, um, that type of stuff. So, you know, at, at first the drive was maybe a bit of a burden. Um, it turned into, uh, maybe a, a bit of a, a therapeutic session for me, and I don't mean that in a bad way or anything like that. I just sort of mean it in, in a reflective way to, you know, kind of just decompress and, and think about how the day's gone. Um, but it's uh, it's it's certainly a, a little bit of a drive, but you know, I wouldn't change it for anything.
2: Yeah, I've spent well, not spent any time up there, but been through up there. I mean, it's it's almost not like Illinois up there, I mean, it's kind of rolling hills. There's I always like to refer to it as horse country, you know, up there by Barrington. And, uh, uh, yeah, it's it's kind of a, a little different uh, geography than it is down in Joliet, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it definitely is. I think that's a really good point. I, um, you know, I, I check the weather before I come down every day. But I like to say that, you know, I, I come from the other side of the world that is Chicago. So quite a different uh, climate down here. Quite a different geography as well. Very flat down here compared to uh, the northwest suburbs and, and not many trees as well. So, uh, generally, Audubon's pretty windy, and I think it's just because it's so flat and there is a lack of trees. Um, it, and it usually is quite a bit hotter down here as well. Um, but yeah, often in the northwest suburbs, we're, you know, in, in Lake Zurich, I'm about uh, 20, 25 minutes south of the Wisconsin border. Um, and again, those of you that know me, that that's when the Wisconsin accent starts to creep in, and and you know we start to go up to Madison and Macross and places like that, so I apologize for my Wisconsin
2: accent from time to time. <laughs> yeah i I end up driving a lot i've in the past, I drive twenty five, thirty thousand miles a year. you're probably up there too, but I, one thing I drive i fifty five from Central Illinois up to Chicago quite a bit. The one time that I do enjoy driving the most, as crazy as it sounds, is I love driving when, um, it's snowing and I don't mean it's blizzard, but I love the peace and quiet of driving, Mm -hmm. watching it's, you know, it's snow and just a light cover on the road, which makes it super quiet. I'm in my warm car. Uh, I really cherish that. So, uh, I don't know if you like driving in the snow, but I understand that the idea of, of driving and, and decompressing and, and getting your thoughts squared away before and after work.
3: Oh, absolutely. Definitely. Yeah. And, and to comment on, on driving on a, you know, a nice snowy morning or something like that, maybe in the middle of uh, January. Absolutely. I, you know, I'm, I'm a guy who it seems like is, is always behind the wheel of the car, whether or not it's a truck or it's maybe a little Miata or maybe it is a go cart. Um, you know, it, it's something that is so, I'm so passionate about, so it's, you know, kind of, kind of one of those things where you wake up on a morning and, hey, i got nothing better to do. Let's go for a drive kind of thing. Let's go take a, a lap around town, go drive around the lake, something like that. But, um, yeah, we definitely get a little bit of snow up in the northwest suburbs. And it's really not a better feeling than, you know, rolling out of bed on maybe a, a lazy Sunday or Saturday morning and, and just going for a drive in the truck. Um, it's, it's very peaceful and definitely therapeutic, like we were talking about beforehand, reflective. Um, and gosh, what a, what a great training tool as well to get out there and drive on maybe that slick track, right. Or, or maybe it is just a little bit of a snowy, uh, surface and we can practice our car control and things like that out there. Um, so yeah, absolutely, John. I I think that's a great point. Driving in, you know, early, early morning with a snowfall, that is, uh, definitely quite, quite a peaceful moment.
2: (laughs) Well, well, take us back. So how how long have you been? So we're recording this, uh, in june of 2021 take us back to this would be your third year or this would be your yeah so your this third is year, my right?
3: third season yep yeah. yep
2: and how did you even hear about so so when the cart track expanded three years ago and the cart circuit audubon was reborn i guess we might say how did you even hear about the the opening for uh, assistant manager job
3: So um, at that time, I was the uh, retail parts pro at the Advanced Auto Parts in Lake Zurich off of Rand Road. Um, Working there, you know, 9 to 5, doing the hourly thing. Um, And I had a friend uh, who was uh, basically communicating with Tim O'Donnell for um, a photography project, um, something potential on that front. Um, I guess Tim had mentioned to my friend that they were, you know, expanding with the cart track and things like that. Uh, my friend, uh, whose name is Jake Coston had reached out to me, asked me if that was, you know, something I was interested in. And, and the rest is kind of history uh, you know, uh, a number of, um, phone interviews and in-person interviews over that, um, that winter there. And then, you know, the next thing I know, I, I go on a spring break, I get a call from Craig Cunningham asking if I'm still interested and yeah, of course I'm interested. Let's, let's do it. And, and the rest is sort of history. So I, I come from a, a bit of a, I, uh, you know, kind of just uh, an honest background, I would say really, really used to working a lot of hourly jobs um, and things like that. Um, So I was, you know, I was assistant manager retail parts pro at advanced auto parts. And I, I got a phone call and, you know, kind of jumped right at it, tried to take advantage of it as best as I could. And, and the rest is sort of history. And I, you know, I wouldn't change it for anything in the world. I've, was telling a lot of people when I first started this job that this was a dream job. And two and a half years later, I, I definitely can't argue with that sentiment. So, um, it, it's really just been an absolute dream come true. Uh,
2: yeah, well, your excitement, uh, you know, when we first met you, my family first met you to track, uh, yeah, you, you jumped in and I, I can't give you enough compliments. You sure take care of everybody down there. And, uh, I think, you know, uh, some might say you got thrown into the deep end pretty quickly, uh, and uh, you're able to uh, not only, you know, you know, not only survive but uh, uh, flourish in the deep end. Let's say, because <laughs> there is a lot of stuff going on and a lot of moving parts down at the car track, and uh, you're, you're you're not scared to uh, oil or grease any of the wheels to make sure that it operates smoothly. <laughs> That's for sure.
3: Well, I, I really appreciate that a lot, and yes, you're you're so right. There is a lot going on down here, um, you know, and it, it's kind of just that fight or fight or flight mentality, and it's 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 always fight, it's never flight, you know. So it's um, I, I go back to the great community that we have, and you know, even if there isn't maybe an issue in the moment, um, people are unhappy in the moment, something like that. Generally, you know, people calm down, and, and we can talk about it a day or two later um you know racing can uh definitely be an intimidating environment and you know when things go wrong um it, it can sort of feel like the end of the world but it's definitely important to remind ourselves that there is a tomorrow the sun will rise again all that good stuff um so i i appreciate that compliment john that that is a, a very very nice of you to say it. thank you so
2: much so i i think it's you know, people always ask me, oh, you know, this happened or that happened. And I go, well, you know, they call this racing and they don't call it winning. If they called it winning, then it wouldn't be racing now, would it? <laughs> so Exactly, um, exactly. There, uh, there are lots of challenges. We missed, the Graybill family for the first time missed a race because of a mechanical. Uh, didn't start the race because we haven't finished a few, but it's the first time ever in our racing history of five years or so that we did not put a car on the grid when we when we intended on due to a mechanical and, um, I wasn't, you know, I had mixed emotions about it. One, one is, a uh, that was a third day, straight third, third day there. I was, I was at the track working on multiple different vehicles and, um, you know, when we, we did our best and we tried to, to overcome, overcome the issue, but we were unable to do it. So uh, yeah, that was the first time. So yeah, there's a lots, lots of different things that, uh, can happen, especially when I got a driver who's, Tearing up the track, he's doing personal best and then all of a sudden gets out there and throws the transmission, and no transmission to be found. And so there we are, uh, on, on to the next race, I, I guess you could say.
3: Um, yeah, absolutely. That, that's got to be a tough moment for sure. And I just got to say, real quick, uh, five years and only one mechanical failure. I got to say that that's really pretty impressive, John.
2: Well, we've had mechanic not starts. That was that was did not start. We've had we've had a few did not finishes. But we we did okay. This is our first did not start, uh, so uh, yeah. Early on, particularly in the carts, early on we would bend a lot of go karts. Uh, so uh, knock on wood, that has reduced the amount of times we're bending go karts. And uh, uh, people, I say, well, it's better to bend a go kart in a car. Nah, I don't know. I mean, they're they're sometimes they're more expensive, sometimes they're less expensive. So you can't always say that that, that go karting is is cheaper or less. investment consuming than a car, but, uh, it's all good. It's all fun. Um, so, so what, of the things that you do there at the track, we kind of touched on a few different ones. What do you think you find the most challenging in your multiple hat wearing role there at the club? What do you find the most challenging?
3: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I guess that what I would say is most challenging is probably uh, running race control on uh, a member of series race or something like that. Not that it's challenging every time. I think there's just potential for um, some challenging moments. And, and hopefully, um, you know, it, it becomes more and more challenging in that we'll have more carts out there um, and things like that. But I think back to 2019, my first year at Audubon, and um, it, the, the, fields, the cart fields were much, much bigger than they are now. Um, and those races were definitely a, a bit more challenging to run than the races that we ran last year in 2020. And this year, the, the race fields have been still a little bit smaller, um, definitely growing in stature, um, but still just a little bit smaller so far. So, you know, I would say that just that, that real difficult moment, whether or not it ends up being uh, maybe a, a cart goes off in the junior race or something like that, and it's right in the middle of the pack, and we just got to you know throw some yellows, get a corner worker out there to to pull the guy out of the, out of the cart and get the cart to a safe place. So, you know, I would say probably running race control on race days, things like that. Um, probably, probably the most difficult uh, aspect of my job, but certainly a lot of fun as well. Um, and then I would say probably tied into that as well as running a uh, race day with the members would just be, you know, maybe running a big, huge event, like we ran, uh, track for one thirty five 35, like we were talking about, um, last, last Saturday, Um, you know, and and these things are are maybe something that's a little bit difficult in the moment to run, but gosh, the payoff is incredible, right? You know, the the four-hour endurance race for the drive for 135 was definitely difficult to run, and there was definitely a lot that went into running it and getting it going, but the payoff um, was huge and was so much, so much more important than, you know, struggling through the event, I think, you know, we, we were looking around at the end of that race, and I don't think I saw a single um, upside down smile. Everybody was, you know, cheek to cheek grinning and, and everybody was very, very happy. So, you know, there's difficult moments in the job. Um, but there's certainly a huge payoff as well that comes from just putting in the hard work in those difficult moments. So, um, I'm very grateful that my job allows me to work really, really hard and then also, you know, feel the payoff and, and, um, certainly our members uh, let us know that, you know, if, if we did a good job. So that's really, really great to hear as well. So, yeah, I guess, I guess that, that would be my answer as far as the most difficult aspect of my job.
2: Yeah. I, I remember, yeah, it's funny you mentioned this year, I was just talking to somebody about the, the uh, um, number of, of drivers in the, in the cart league that we have there. And it does, I think overall we're probably the same number, but it has switched in how many before the senior senior group was always one of the larger ones and the rookies. I mean, I remember when there was two rookies out there and I think now the rookies are fielding a dozen carts perhaps in the rookie division. And I think that's up through 12 years old ish. Uh, uh, it's been a while since I've had a rookie, but you know, th- that rookie field is, is huge and the senior field is, is shrunk. And I just think that's it's interesting to see the, ebb and flow of a number of racers in each of the divisions. And, um, the next thing, I mean, just, just talking about your race control. I mean, I, I think it's neat how you, from the beginning, Hey, you're going to be race control to it. It's evident to me that you really went out and you really said, okay, what does race control mean? How do, how what's the best way to flag? You know, how do I get, how do I communicate with the drivers? And I don't know. I hate to patch you on the back anymore, but it, you, you really took that to heart and and figured it out and became quite the <laughs> quite the flagger and uh, and coordinator of everything. I mean, what I see is standing out. I don't see all the stuff on the back on the background, but I see you know how you control the the, the cars coming down the final and getting them all lined up and then uh, giving them the green flag and doing just a great job. You just you just take the stuff serious and uh, and you want to. You're not you're not out there just just killing time. That's for sure.
3: Yeah, well, well, thank you again. I uh, I certainly do appreciate that. Um, it, you know, it, it is a very very serious job, and I it's Murphy's law, right? If if something can go wrong, it will go wrong. So always be ready for something to go wrong. I I uh, suppose so. Um, I just think that you know the the potential consequences of something going wrong on race day are are so great. So it's just definitely uh, time to be extremely focused. Um, and ready for anything. But I thought that was a really interesting comment you made about the rookie class um, and, and just how incredible it is right now. Um, and I guess we have had maybe a little bit of a uh, a switch between having a lot of carts in, in senior versus having uh, a lot of carts in rookie. And, and you know, we had a lot of drivers, uh, Mitchell, your son being one of them, who sort of has have been transitioning into cars, uh miatas open real stuff radicals whatever it ends up being so you know i i can't comment too much on maybe why we have this new influx of of uh, rookie racers maybe it's just because people are really excited to get out here and and you know we're offering a great product that is the track and all the instruction that we can offer um but it's it's really really um great to see the next wave of kids coming in and knowing that we've got some drivers maybe not stepping out of carts but maybe also just going into cars as well um going on to bigger and better things it's great to know that we have a whole nother wave of young drivers coming um and and anybody who's been seeing any of these rookie races that we've been putting on on saturday mornings or sunday mornings will know that a lot of times it ends up being the best racing of the whole day um and you know we've got ten. Twelve of these little guys in, in K twos out there, um, and they're wheel to wheel, and we've got three or four fighting for the lead, um, and, and you get all the, the parents out there. Um, it's really, really exciting, and it sort of brings takes me back to uh, my days in, in youth soccer, which was a, you know just a great family experience for everybody. So it's it's such a great family activity for everybody to come out here, see the little kid race, um, and, and hopefully have some good success. So. Um, it, it's a lot of fun. I'm excited to see where this rookie class takes us. Um, 8 to 12 is the range there, so some of those guys will be in there for a little while. Um, so we've got some drivers that are just 8 right now and have stepped right out of the kid cart into the rookie K2, and some drivers who have been in the K2 and have mastered it. Um, so it's that's definitely my favorite class, to the, not only to watch, but to actually run race control for, to just talk with the drivers, um, it's it's really exciting. It's fun to see the kids out there. It's fun to see the parents all excited. Um, so that, that rookie class is really awesome.
2: Yeah, one thing I will say about the rookies now, there are you know we, we deal with this a long time. You know what's the fastest cart, and uh, you know the bigger tires to allow you to go around the corners maybe faster, but they offer more friction. And one one thing that I've noticed true is the rookies are so fast that there's they are faster than almost all of the juniors who have so for the listeners there's we have three 206 uh briggs and Strat 206 motors in the well it's all the same 206 motors and three different restrictor restrictor plates or whatever you, if that helps restrictors of the carburetors uh and four classes of racers but three on the exact same engine with three different slides that go on the carburetor and mm-hmm. So, the rookies have the largest of the slides, so it restricts your carburetor as much the seniors have the least and no restriction really there are there's no uh requirement to how short or long that um slide is so it's interesting that the rookies are almost as fast as everybody else on the track, and it's just the fastest senior usually that's that's fast as them i mean I, I can't imagine you know we're seeing you know, with, with my driver there in the senior division, we're seeing really fast, fast lap times, uh, producer, Mark's son, Spencer, he's unbelievably fast, uh, on the track and, and often the fastest guy out there. I can't imagine how fast these rookies are going to be when they get into a senior cart and what type of lap times. I think we're going to look back on it and, you know, in five years from now and go, how in the world were these seniors even so slow that they are now because they are amazing drivers and that brings me to one of your other hats, which is um, coaching. And you've been coaching for a while. What, well, what's the funnest part? or What do you like the most out of, out of the coaching?
3: Uh, yeah, well, uh, this is my second full season now uh, working as a coach, uh, driver instructor. Um, it's Again, it's something that has just absolutely been a dream come true, um, something that I'm, I'm really excited to continue and to grow. Um, it's so much fun to get out there maybe with that rookie K2 driver, um, and then just to be seeing, you know, second improvement, half a second improvement, um, in, in one session is absolutely incredible. Um, you see the, the kids' face light up, you see the parents' face light up, um, and it's like, you just, you know, you, that, that, how could you possibly do anything better for these people? Um, so it's, it's incredible to sort of kind of have my own foot in the game a little bit, know that, hey, that kid out there racing is, is somebody who I started coaching um, and look at all the success he's having. Um, I, I think back to uh, one of my first students, uh, somebody who I started training last year. Um, she was, she still is a rookie driver. Um, she does go-karts on the weekend and ballet during the week. Um, we were starting out with, you know, minute 20 lap time, something like that, and just through, you know, Hard work um, and, I mean, just a lot of hard work, really. Um, We've gotten down to just about 50 seconds, maybe maybe 49 seconds here or there. So, you know, just to be able to work with these kids um, and to be able to, you know, translate success into them, to be able to not only, you know, show them how to go around the track faster, but to show them how to be successful on their own is something really important. With that old adverb, like you teach it, you give a guy a fish, you feed him for a night, but you, you teach a guy how to fish, you feed him for the rest of his life, right? So that's something that I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, to basically start out with the fundamentals here and provide these kids with something that is going to be beneficial for them for the rest of their racing career. Um, so it's just, it's so much fun to see the success, I guess, and, and, and see the seconds come off these guys' lap time. Um, and then obviously just working with the kids is, is a lot of fun. I've uh, done quite a bit of coaching in my past, whether or not it is on the soccer pitch or maybe at summer camp, something like that. Um, I just am I'm very passionate about working with the younger generation. Um, they're quite a lot of fun, um, and I've, I've had a lot of success with it so far. So it's, it's really fun to have a foot in the game and just to see the success come out on track during the races or during practice times. Uh, whatever it ends up being it's it's really really pleasurable
2: for me yeah i noticed one thing that you do is that you uh put a gopro on you, you have the kids wear a gopro do, do you do you also when you're out there with them and you're doing you do a lot of lead follow uh it, it's funny how you're sometimes quite small and young kids you're leading around there but do you put a gopro on your cart too or do you have them on the on the kids or how how do you go about when you're when you're working with them with the gopro stuff
3: so, yeah, so the GoPro uh, footage is something that I found to be probably, uh, so far in my coaching, the most beneficial tool. Um, it really, you know, we, we could talk about going around the track all day long, John, but if, if you can't see it, how could you possibly know what I'm talking about? So, um, basically the way a session works with me is we'll talk about it beforehand. We'll go out, we'll make it happen. I'll slap the GoPro probably on my student's head um so they can see me leading in front, and then we can see the student's line, as well as maybe their pedals, so we can see when they're lifting, when they're using the brakes, things like that. Um, So usually um, we will talk about it beforehand. We'll go out, we'll make it happen, and then we review the footage afterwards. Um, And after we review the footage, it's kind of like, boom, there goes the light bulb. Oh, okay, Brett, that's what you were talking about. Now I can see it happen. On the computer screen, I know exactly what you're uh, you're talking about. And then, you know, we can talk about what's good, maybe some things that we need a little bit of work on, um, really anything in between there. So the the GoPro footage is uh, hands down my favorite tool to use when when I'm coaching.
2: Yeah, that's Pretty interesting how how you do that. I know I know that that's something that we uh, really seem to be, as you mentioned, uh, you know, pretty success pretty successful with. And of that, so we talked about you know kind of the angles of that. What do you find is the most challenging part of of coaching a new driver? Well, it's uh, you know
3: sometimes working with a kid car, maybe that. I car driver is five to seven years old, right? So we're working on a, a little bit younger of a driver, maybe a driver who's not quite as focused, uh, maybe a driver who, uh, when we come off the track, the driver's more concerned with talking to me about the birthday party that he's going to this afternoon than actually maybe a, a session debrief like we're looking for. Um, but, you know, I just look at that as a, a different opportunity, kind of. You know, a, a different way to connect with these students, Because I think that's really what it's all about, right? In order for the students to trust me out on the track, we have to have a very positive relationship. We have to have a very positive friendship. Um, and, And that's kind of what I'm looking to do the first few sessions, just to establish a friendship with this driver so that they can understand me, I can understand them. We can start to understand each other's driving techniques a little bit so that then we can have confidence in in each other. We can go out there maybe a little bit of wheel-to-wheel driving. um, But the the most important thing is just being confident and comfortable with each other out there. So just establishing um, some type of relationship right from the get-go and just being able to communicate with these kids. um, is, is so, so important. You know, the the kids kind of sometimes think on a different wavelength, and I like to think of myself as somebody who's 29 going on 15, right? I I definitely still have uh, some aspects of me that are – you know, maybe take me back to my teenage years a little bit. Um, but they, they definitely just think a little bit differently. They communicate a little bit differently. So, you know, just understanding that and sort and of understanding how, hey, the student that I'm working with today is maybe a little bit different than the student that I was working with yesterday or the day before. So how can we adapt? How can we change our uh, perspective? How can we uh, change our outlook on the track to be able to communicate with this new student? Um, who is maybe needing to communicate in a different way. So uh, lots of different people out here at the car track. so probably just, you know, adapting from student to student, um, picking up on little intricacies, um, just the little things maybe that they need help with. It's interesting when I'm talking with a student, you know, before we're going to go out in a session, um, and I just hear, yes, 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 yes. So, okay, we're going to go into turn one. Let's be using all of our track width. Let's come down with time, the apex, and let's drift wide to the exit curve. Okay, Brett, yes, yes, that sounds good. Um, so a lot of times I just hear, yes, 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 and that might just be they're just telling me what I want to hear kind of thing. Um, one thing that I like to do, and actually something that um, several members have um, kind of clued me into and has been very helpful, is that, you know, I'll I'll go over the session with them, what I want to have happen out there on track. And then when I'm done going over it, now let's have the student explain it back to me. So um, there's that that kind of gets rid of that just blank yes answer, uh, if you will. You know, kind of just and nodding and smiling and yes, okay, Coach Brett, whatever you say. Well, no, let's have you explain it to me now to see if you actually understand, the see if you're actually paying attention. So that's a, a little tactic that I've, I've kind of... Uh, gotten that has, has helped me just to make sure that, you know, hey, the, the little uh, the six-year-old girl that you're working with, she's just going to smile and nod and say yes with whatever you say. So, you know, have her explain it back to you, and then if she can explain it correctly, then she definitely knows what she's doing. Okay.
2: So let me ask this question. Have any of your students been able to go faster than you out there in a the track yet?
3: Uh, well, I have definitely had a couple who have been pushing me, uh, for sure. <laughs> Um, there have been some, some students in uh, junior and senior as well who I've just been so excited with the pace um, that that they're bringing to the table. Um, so yes, and and that's very very exciting for me. That's what I want. You know, I want to basically translate everything that I know. I want you to know as well if I'm talking to my students. So I'm. I hopefully you know at the end of the day or at the end of the season, or at the end of, and, you know, in five years when I can be working with the same person for season after season after season after season, gosh, I, I hope they are faster than me. That's, that's what I'm looking for. You know, I, I'm not going to be in Formula One. I'm not going to be an Indy car, right? I, You know, maybe maybe I can get in a go-kart race here or there. Um, but, you know, what, what I want to do is just tell these kids everything I know. I want them to be faster than me. Um, and I think that probably in the next couple of years, we'll, we'll start to see that because like we were saying before, this, this rookie class is definitely
1: pretty hot, pretty fast for sure.
2: <laughs> so, so what do you like to do when, when, in your off time, when you do get a couple of days off or something, uh, uh, what are you doing? What are you filling your time with? Are you still playing soccer or doing something like that up there? Or?
3: Uh, so soccer's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Um, ended up having a, a few uh, key injuries towards the end of my college career that have kind of sidetracked me a little bit. It's something that I'm still so passionate about. Um, for those of you that know that the European Championship is going on right now, so I would definitely, um, definitely remind people to be checking that out on ESPN. Um, big, big soccer tournament. Um, but one thing that I'm really, really passionate about, and, and maybe those of you that know me already know this, but, uh, it's the, the little RC toy cars. I, I can't get enough of those, John. They are quite a blast. And when I was a kid, I was, you know, Mr. Diecast model. I was all about the Diecast model. So I got a little bit older, and, oh, okay, now you're telling me this Diecast model can have a little electric motor in it and a battery pack, and I can be driving this thing around with. 25 or 30 miles an hour, will sign me up for that. So that's that's my big hobby is remote control vehicles, whether or not it's cars, trucks, boats, airplanes, helicopters. Um, that's something I'm I'm really passionate about. I I like the innocence of it. Um, I like you know the, the fact that you know if, if the car breaks and and it crashes, you know my, my first response is always going to be to smile and laugh. And then I'm going to go, oh, man, now i am got to fix it kind of thing. But I just love the innocence of the RC vehicles, how much fun they are, how customizable they are. Um, and, and gosh, they're, they're super fast, too. So it, it makes for a fun afternoon just to, you know, grab the buggy, grab the chuggies, grab a boat, helicopter, airplane, go on to the flying field, um, have some fun with that stuff. I've got a big, um, a big old field behind me, the house I live in in Lake surf, so I'm Always out there messing around with RC, whatever. My neighbors to me pretty well for that, so that's that's kind of my hobby uh, right now. is just RC stuff, and then uh, still very very passionate about soccer. And and those listeners out there definitely don't forget about the Euro
2: Championship. <laughs> uh, well, as we wrap, wrap up here, Brett, how can somebody get a hold of you to uh, get some help with their carts or have any questions or coaching or? Any of those other things? What's the best contact number for you, or how do I get? it? You
3: know, uh, absolutely, absolutely. Uh, so my phone number, um, which is something I give out to anybody who's interested in, in coaching or, or really any type of information. I'm, I'm an open book, so um, anybody who's looking to talk about rental carts or coaching or LO-206 racing, anything like that, um, my uh, phone number is 847 847- Two seven five two six one eight. Call or text me anytime you feel necessary. That's totally fine. Um, I'll give you my email address as well. Uh, it's very simple. It's just Brett Harper at cardcircuitautogon.com. Again, feel free to email me whenever you need now. Definitely get back to HF. All
2: right. Well, thanks, thanks Brett. Thanks for, thanks for joining us, and we look forward to seeing you at the card track.
3: Thank you so much, John. It's really been a great experience for me, and I can't thank
0: you enough. You've been listening to Autobahn Country Club Podcast, where your host, club member John Graybill, opens the doors to America's premier auto sports club. Join us next time for Autobahn Country Club Podcast.